This is the emergency medical minute. Good morning. Uh, we're going to talk about um, sudden or rapid onset monocular vision loss. I had a good case with a gentleman who came in describing his vision in his right eye is almost completely absent. And he said it had kind of come on gradually over the last 24 hours. He was ride, driving in his car, kind of rubbing his eye. Noted, it felt like his death perception wasn't quite right. And over the next day, basically noticed that his right eye vision was kind of obscured. He described it as kind of gray clouds across his vision. And when he came into the emergency department, he really felt like he was unable to see out of that right eye barely at all. But he did tell me that if he kind of looked up at the ceiling that he felt like he could see sort of over the top of everything else. But if he liked to look down, his vision was totally, totally obscured and his other eye was normal. So when you hear a story like that, what are the things that you think about? What are the possible causes of that? Cataract. Cataract, it's true. Usually those will be very gradual until they obscure something, but sometimes people may only really become aware of it when the cataract comes across the visual axis, so it's possible. Yeah, what else? What else do you think about? So anything, anything that starts suddenly, you always want to think about the possibility, because we are a stroke center, of stroke. So, and this really isn't sudden. When you drill down on it, it's kind of been coming on for like 24 hours. But stroke is always a possibility. So people can have something called central retinal artery occlusion, or C-R-A-O. And that's an embolic stroke. That's a little plaque coming off of the carotid artery or elsewhere, travels north and kind of, a, and kind of obstructs the, the uh, ophthalmic artery. Typically, those are very sudden. So those, one moment it's fine, the next minute there's vision loss, something like that. And it wouldn't be painful. Um, the other thing you want to think about is retinal detachment. And this is a pretty good story for retinal detachment. So retinal detachment is actually fairly common. About one in 500 people will develop some a hole in their retina and some component of detachment in their life. It's not, not uncommon. We see it all the time in the emergency department. It's more common the older we get. Uh, there's no um, a gender specificity and no particular racial specificity to that diagnosis. Um, often people will describe first this kind of flashing lights in the visual field, and what we think that it, what that is, is the ret most retinal detachments occur when a little tear spontaneously occurs in the retina, and then the fluid kind of gets under that, inside that tear, and begins kind of dissecting off the retina layers. And as the retina is getting pulled or tugged on, that mechanical traction on the retina starts to stimulate the cells in the retina and gives you that flashing light appearance. Um, then what happens is as it kind of peels off, people will begin to describe, and sometimes I'll actually use the word curtain, almost like a curtain is kind of being slowly pulled across their vision like that. So usually, well, most people we see, often if you get a visual acuity on them, it may even be normal because if the macula of the, on the back of the retina where your most acute vision is, um, if the, re if the macula is not torn off, their visual acuity may be pretty good, and they can kind of look around the, the, uh, the problem, if you will, so they could position their eyes or their heads so they're sort of looking around the issue and can still see pretty well. 
the way we make the diagnosis now, it's pretty cool. Back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean like two years ago, uh, we would try to look in the back of the eye and try to see this thing. And it would look, sometimes you could see this sort of gray shadow in one corner of the back of the, uh, uh, of the eye. We really no longer do that anymore. In fact, although it's probably a good idea to do it, I often don't even look in the eye because the ultrasound is more sensitive. And this guy, we did that right away. You can see like a, it almost looks like a wave in the back of the eye. It's like a big bright flap. And you can see the whole retina just kind of peeled off, uh, unfortunately. And the diagnosis can be made in like five minutes. And when you make the diagnosis, you need to talk obviously to an ophthalmologist. These are time sensitive, but usually not emergencies in the sense that people are not doing retina surgery at 3 a.m. You know, these are almost always see them the next morning, see them within 24 hours with a retina person and get them repaired most of the time. There's a few exceptions, but that's generally how these things are approached. And luckily in our metropolitan area here with ophthalmologists are thick on the ground, so we can usually find someone to see these people in the next, next 24 hours without problems. And what they do just kind of depends on how big, the, how big the tear is and what their other underlying conditions are and what their vision is like. But typically what they'll do is um, what's called scleral buckling. So they actually cut a little hole in the side of the eye, go in there, and put a piece of silicone over the top of the sclera and sew it down. And what it does is it kind of deforms the eyeball and causes pressure from the vitreous, which is the gel in the back of your eye, to kind of push down and tamp down the actual um, um, uh, uh, the, uh, separation. And then usually there's a hole there that they have to fix. And there's a couple different techniques, but I often use a little laser to essentially like spot weld on the back of the retina around where that hole is so it doesn't continue to, to spread. It's kind of a cool, cool diagnosis. So that's exactly what this guy had. In the, so thanks for your time. Emergency Medical Minute is and always will be about free medical education. Medicine's most prolific podcast is successful because of our supporters, donors, and of course, our listeners. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And if you support spreading free medical education, please donate at our website, emergencymedicalminute.com. As always, keep listening.